Welcome to The Spotter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the everyday challenges facing today's ministry leaders. It is necessary to stay close to someone who will challenge you to grow, do more, reach higher, and dream bigger. You should never allow yourself to be the strongest person in the room. You need a spotter. Here's your host, Jeff Wolf. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jeff Wolf. I'll be your spotter for the next few moments, bringing you an encouraging word from God's word. I just want to talk to you today for a few minutes out of Joel. I've been reading in Joel. Here's what I love about God's word. It is the most eternal, timeless, unchangeable book that's ever been written. It doesn't matter where you find yourself geographically in time and space, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. When you look into the scripture, you can find yourself and your situation reflected there. The scripture is like a mirror that when you look in it, you see yourself without filters, without excuse, without any outside noise or perception. You see yourself truly when you use the word of God for a reflection. Likewise, when we view God's word uh, in comparison to our life situations, we see adequately and purely reflected where we stand with God. And so that's what I love about God's word. It doesn't matter what I find myself facing day to day, that when I look in the scripture, God shows me where I am and gives me encouraging words and gives me instruction and shows me the way forward in his word. It's a living book. It's not just a group of pages between covers, but it is a living, breathing word. It is the inspired word of God. And so, Everything we do right now is viewed through the lens of coronavirus and the ancillary effects that it has upon not just our nation, but our homes and our personal lives. And I don't know about you, but lately I find myself looking to the word for encouragement, for clarity. Uh, Clarity is important right now. There are so many unknowns in our lives today. Wouldn't you agree? So many things that we don't know how to predict going forward. You know, many of us are used to living pretty predictable lives. We're in a routine. We know what is coming day in and day out. But now all that is gone. The world is so unpredictable. Even our daily lives have become unpredictable. The view changes every day. The information we receive changes every day. The prognosis 
of tomorrow changes every day. But there's one thing I want to remind you that does not change, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word has not changed. It has not ceased to be relevant to us. Heaven and earth will pass away, but he said, my word will never pass away. Why is that so important? Because his word always applies. Just like a mirror never becomes irrelevant. Every day, whether it be today or a hundred years from now, When you look in a mirror, the reflection is true. The reflection doesn't lie. And the word of God, if I may use that illustration, is much the same way. When you look into his word, whether today, whether a hundred years ago, whether a hundred years from now, the perception, the reflection does not lie. So with that in mind, I want to share a few verses out of uh, the book of Joel with you. Now, when I say uh, Joel, you immediately probably think Joel 2, 28 and 29, right? The passage prophesying a coming revival in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And you know me, I I like to go back and look into the context of that particular verse and not just take a verse at face value, but to understand the reason uh, that, that the prophet says what he says and writes what he writes. And so I go back to Joel chapter one. There's only three chapters in Joel. And from the very first verse, I look into the mirror of the word of God in Joel 1, and I begin to see a reflection of what I'm facing and what you're facing. All right. Think about this for just a moment. I brought my coffee with me today. Listen to this. I'm, I use the, uh, the New Living Translation a lot, so I want you just to listen to this. I'm just going to, I'm not going to read all three chapters to you, but get your Bible out as you watch this. Open your iPad or your phone and kind of go with me to the scripture as I point out a few verses. And and I'll just say right from the beginning that when I read Joel 1, it bears a stark resemblance to what's going on in the world around us. Listen, it starts off in verse 2 of Joel chapter one. Hear this, you leaders of the people. Listen, all who live in the land. Listen to this. In all your history, has anything like this happened before? From the very, very first two verses, this, this, chapter captivated me because I see the reflection and I notice from the very beginning that Joel is writing to me about something I have never seen before, never experienced before. And I get encouraged because I believe God's word is coming to me in this time. The word of God is powerful. And then down in verse five, he's talking about, by the way, a plague of locusts that had come upon the land and completely destroyed it. This plague of locusts completely destroyed the land. It ate the crops. It just destroyed the greenery. And that's the context in which Joel is writing. Verse five, he said, wake up, you drunkards, and weep. 
wail all you wine drinkers listen all the grapes are ruined and all your sweet wine is gone wine is indicative of joy and so joel is showing me that this thing in all of my history that i've never experienced never seen before it has stolen the joy of people if you go down a little bit more into verse 10 he says the fields are ruined the land is stripped bare the grain is destroyed the grapes have shriveled and the olive oil is gone he's talking about the harvest the crops are destroyed because of the plague that has touched the kingdom he's describing as i look into the mirror of scripture he's describing how i have felt that the fruit that was being born is ruined that it's not there anymore because of the situation that we're in this national and global pandemic and all of the issues that it has created uh in this in this nature nation and around the world the fruit that we have been bearing the way we have been bearing it it's all destroyed now watch this verse 12 the grapevines have dried up the fig trees have withered the pomegranate trees palm trees and apple trees all the fruit trees have dried up and the people's joy has dried up with them again as I'm looking into the mirror of Scripture, I am seeing an accurate reflection of what's happening to my friends and family and those around me. That the fruit has dried up, the olive tree is no longer giving its oil, the vine is no longer giving its wine, the pomegranate trees are no longer giving their fruit. All of the fruit and the trees that bear them have dried up and the joy of the people has dried up with them. I believe that there has been such a hard hit in the hearts of men and women that their joy is gone. It's been replaced by fear in these days. And this passage reminds me of Judges chapter 9. The fable of the Briar King. You'll have to read that at another time. But in a nutshell, the fable of the Briar King in Judges chapter 9 is about a, a fable, a parable, if you will, that is told in which the trees came forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And, and the fig tree said, why should I leave my fruit and come and be promoted over the trees. And the vine said, why should I leave my wine that cheers God and man and be promoted over the trees? And, and the olive tree said, why should I give up my olives and the oil that I bring forth? And then finally, when no one else would take their place, then they ask the briar bush, come and reign over us. And the briar bush, by the way, the briar bush has no fruit. The briar bush has no greenery or foliage the briar bush is just what it sounds like it is a bush full of sticks and briars 
And the briar said, or the brambles said, if you want me to be your king, then come bow before me. But if not, may the fire come and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Judges 9, the fable of the briar king is a picture of what happens when people who have been chosen and anointed and commissioned for leadership refuse to stand and take their place. And it leaves a a hole in which briars and thorns and bushes with no fruit take positions that were not meant to be theirs. Well, I could preach there for just a few minutes, but I want to go on. Joel is saying all of the fruit trees have dried up. The, the things that used to produce aren't producing anymore. The people who used to produce aren't producing, not because they uh, have lost their 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 ability to produce but they have lost their opportunity to produce some of you have not lost your ability to produce but the opportunity to do so has not been there you feel like it's been stripped away from you and the trees that bore fruit have dried up and the joy of the people has dried up with it we're in a desperate time right now but listen to the reflection in joel as you look into the mirror of the word of god I can go down a little bit further in verse 16. And he says, our food disappears before our very eyes. No joyful celebrations are held in the house of God. I believe I can look in the the mirror of verse 16 and and see that the, the word, the bread, Uh, The enemy is trying to dry it up and steal it from the table. Come on now. The bread is what you live by. The bread is what gives you your source and your strength and your substance. And the enemy is trying to take the bread away from you. The word that sustains you. He's trying to steal it off the table. And there have been no joyful celebrations in the house of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? We're unable to come and gather together like we used to. Uh, uh, We're worshiping in church again, but some churches are beginning to close down again because of this uh, uptick in in, uh, infections. I continue to go through Joel and I see a reflection of what I'm going through. Verse three of chapter two of Joel. Fire burns in front of them. He's talking about the plague of the locusts. And flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden. Behind them is nothing but desolation. No one thing escapes. Again, I look into the ref- the look into the mirror of the Word of God, and I see the reflection of how not one person in this world is unaffected by this plague that we have faced. And then here it is, verse 6 of chapter 2. Fear grips all the people. Let me talk to you about fear for a moment because I believe that the greatest plague that has gripped this nation in 2020 is the plague of fear. Hear me now. The biggest plague that has gripped us is the plague of fear. Fear is what's driving decisions. Fear is what's driving political agendas. 
Fear is what is propagated in the news media. Fear is what is causing some people to shy away from the church even when things are beginning to reopen. Fear is what's causing much of what we are seeing around the country today. You can agree with me, disagree with me. It doesn't make any difference to me. This is my podcast and I'm going to tell you what I think. I feel this strongly in my spirit. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. There's not a lot of power, not a lot of love, and not a lot of sound-mindedness reflected in our society right now. And if anybody needs to reflect power, love, and a sound mind, it's believers. We have to do it. We have to reflect the word of God. Fear, God is not the author of confusion. Fear and confusion are fueling the blaze that is burning around this country. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. But Joel calls the people to come Call a fast, sound a trumpet, and call on the name of the Lord. He begins to talk about how that this plague upon Israel was the judgment of God. Now, before you go sending me nasty grams, let me tell you something. I'm not going to make judgments, but my personal belief that some of what this nation is facing right now is because of the rebellion of the people of God. And the rebellion of this nation. Again, you don't have to agree with me. I believe it with all of my heart. It fits the pattern of scripture. Judgment comes first to the house of God. And so Joel's talking about the judgment of God, but then he says, seek God. And here in chapter two and verse 14, he said, who knows, perhaps he will give you a reprieve sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. And then in verse 28, the famous passage that we all know and love, now that you know the context surrounding Joel's prophecy, he says, then after doing all those things, repenting and crying aloud to the Lord and calling a fast after doing all those things. God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. That's why I believe that the enemy wants to separate us along racial lines because the promise of revival is sending a revival to all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions and in those days I will pour out my spirit even on your servants I believe God's called us all to be servants he's sending his spirit revival is coming and this is the message because Joel begins in the very first part of Joel chapter 1 by saying is there any ever been a time like this in your history you will tell your children and grandchildren why would he instruct us to tell our children and grandchildren because the story will not be about the plague the story 
will be about God's restoration and his sending of a last day revival. Listen, I want to encourage you. Uh, I'm finished for the day, but I want to encourage you to look into the word of God and begin to ask God to use his word as a mirror so that when you look into it, you begin to see a true reflection of you and your position and your standing with him and let him use the word to transform you. His word is like a it's like a sword. It is a sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And sometimes that sword has to cut some things away. And that sword has to separate us from things that are keeping us from God. Watch what you allow people to speak into your mind. Don't ingest anything that will propagate fear and confusion into your heart. Keep your eyes in the word Keep your heart fixed upon Jesus and continue to be strong. Like he told Joshua, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you for letting me share God's word with you today. I hope that, look, I haven't, this isn't scripted. I'm just sharing out of my heart uh, what the Lord's spoken to me out of some of my own personal devotion time. And I hope it encourages you as well. God bless you. I love you. Next week, I'm going to be on vacation, but uh, the podcast is still going to be published uh, on Thursday, as it always is, and it's going to be a message that I recently shared by video uh, with a local church in Geneva, Ohio, so you don't want to miss it. I'm going to talk to you next week uh, about a new normal, all right? God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe to The Spotter on any major podcast provider. Visit us at jeffwolf.org for more information and follow Jeff Wolf on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To receive a copy of Jeff's newest project, absolutely free, 10 Reasons Why Pastors Are in Danger, text the word RESTORED to 31996. Message and data rates may apply. Remember to join us next week. Be blessed.